the devil's using this the sin of racism to try to stop the spread of the gospel and christians have to be ones that are engaging in conversation so that we can ultimately add value to our fellow men to our our brothers and sisters so that we can eventually give them jesus christ we're, we're not going to spread the gospel with people that we don't like or do, who don't like us and that's that's the trick that the devil's trying to play with us. So, so we have to acknowledge what's going on and address these issues. And we believe that Christians should be the ones that, that facilitate the conversation because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us and we know how to speak the language of love and we know what the end should be. It's to be able to, to, to love people enough to spread the gospel to them. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Chris Johnson. Today we continue our series with Evangel University in Springfield, Missouri, and how the university serves its community so well. Evangel is an accredited liberal arts university. They have more than 70 academic programs, and they serve a wide variety of denominational backgrounds. Now another interesting thing is that they have a seminary on their campus as well the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary. In fact, my guest today, Pastor Alex Bryant, is the student life coordinator and campus pastor at the seminary. He has 25 years of leadership in business, church, and community. And actually part of that was leading the nonprofit St. Louis Dream Center. So Pastor Alex, we welcome you to Charisma Connection. Thank you, Chris. It's good to be with you all today. And it's great to be with you. Now, I didn't share what we're going to be talking about today, and it's a rather deep topic and one that you are very familiar with, how Christians can thoughtfully lead the dialogue on racial issues. Tell me a little bit about your background and the experience you've had speaking into those issues. Yeah, you know, we, first of all, I've been married for 25 years. I'm a black man. I've been married to a white woman and we mm -hmm. have five mixed kids. And so, um, that is first and foremost by my DNA. Um, man, I found that there's always a conversation to be had, whether it's around our dinner table with our friends on Facebook or even in the national audience, hmm. people are talking about race. And so, um, my wife and I, um, we, we have these conversations with our kids with our friends and because of the, the national scene with politics and the media and police brutality, we've just found that there's been a lot of opportunities for us to have conversations even outside of our family on a national stage. And so we've done that. And um, we, we've ministered in a couple of different ministry contexts, whether it's the white suburbs or the inner city around predominantly black audiences. We've had a lot of experiences interacting with races and um, different people, seeing how they mix. And, and we just like to talk about those experiences. Now, your wife's name is Angela. How long have you two yes, been married? 25 years. So, ah. you know, we are, we've known each other since grade school, and she chased me for a while. No kidding. You were childhood sweethearts? We, yeah, she chased me for a while. I got tired of running. And so finally, <laughs> we got married in five, and we've been happy ever since. She's my girl. There you go. Well, I know that you posted a video that went viral, and it was focused on racial divisiveness. People can find it on Facebook. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what the outcome has been? Yeah, you know, that's kind of what what thrust us into this 
to this national conversation. We were, you know, I, I found myself in, in 2014, I was leading the St. Louis Dream Center and running a church there in the inner city, predominantly black, about 600 um, predominantly black members. And we were literally four and a half miles away from the Mike Brown Ferguson incident. Mm. And so um, I, was on, I was on the streets there trying to keep peace um, with Officer Ron Johnson. And, and that's when it just kind of hit me, the gravity of this race, the racial tension in our country. And again, like I said, at that time, my wife and I had been married uh, 15, 17 years, somewhere around there. And we've just been dealing with this within our family. But um, during that time is when my oldest son, he was in eighth grade at the time, and I remember him asking me, Dad, do I have to be worried about being shot by police? And um, that, that's when it hits home. That is quite a question, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you and, and I've had to talk with him as a black man raising a, a mixed kid who looks black. And, and, um, and so that's when it goes beyond just uh, one of those things that you talk about in theory. That's when it, it hits home. And so... A couple of years later, we found ourselves um, watching the national news as five police officers were shot in Dallas. And so our response to that, um, just that, that was the video we made. I, I have a positive view of police officers overall. I do believe that some of them have overstepped their bounds, and I do believe that we should have a discussion about police brutality, and specifically in the, in the Black um, community. You know, but I have a positive view of police officers. And so our family posted this video that ended up going viral. It was on Facebook. Um, right now, it's about 49 million views. And um, that's what kind of thrust us into this national conversation. My wife and I would get invitations to come and speak at different churches and conferences. And we started to read everything we could and study on the whole issues of race, racial reconciliation, um, white supremacy, um, all the different aspects, slavery, the history of it in the Bible from a biblical context, we, we wanted to know everything we could about how we arrived where we were. How, why was our country so divided? Why was this such a big issue? And we wanted to get our message. And we believe that the Lord, after all those times of study, reading, and, um, and writing, we came up with the fact that God's called us to be reconcilers. Yes, we know that there's racial issues, but we're called to be reconcilers. And, um, and so that's, that's kind of what, what our message was all about. I've watched your video, and it's a very simple but meaningful video. Why do you think it went viral like that? Man, people ask me that question all the time, Chris. Mm -hmm. I really don't know. You know, other, you know I, and I can remember I've been in college ministry for a while, and I always have people around me who are trying to make viral videos for our ministries or whatever. And I'm not a technical person. I'm not a videographer. Um, I, I didn't even know what we were doing. I just know that the Lord gave me a message. And, and, I, and I knew when he gave me that message that there was something to it. You know, and I, I've been in ministry for a while. I've written many sermons, some of them good, some of them not so good. My wife's told me that, you know, but, um, <laughs> but I just really felt like this was a, this was as close to divine inspiration as I could ever recall. And um, I, I went, uh, after we saw what happened with the police officers in Dallas the next morning, my heart was just grieved. And I went to a time of just seeking the Lord. And I told my wife, I just wanted to hear from him. And literally within 10 minutes, he gave me those 26 statements that we wrote on those note cards. It wasn't me. It, it was the Lord telling me what to write. I wrote it. 
And then he gave my wife the rest of what was, what was to happen, that we were to make, you know, we knew we were going to make a video, but we were going to get our kids involved. We're going to bring them in one at a time. We're going to wear red, white, and blue for America. And um, it, it just struck a nerve with people. And, you know, we we knew then that that God was doing something, that he was up to something. We obviously didn't know how big it was going to be. Who knew that you can, it was going to be seen by 50 million people on Facebook. But, you know, we realized that God gave us a message to touch people's hearts. And that's what we were trying to do. And and so since that time, it's been about four years now, we've been trying to touch people's minds. <clears throat> we have to get to the point where we're thinking about racial reconciliation. And so, um, you know, but that that's, that's where we were. It was just a, it was a God thing. Yes, and your kids did a great job too. They they had the almost stoic faces, <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it was it was appropriate, and I, I really liked uh, how you did that video. So yes, over the last few years, we've certainly seen an increasing cultural spotlight on the issues of racism. How can we continue to acknowledge and address these issues? Yeah, you know, that's the question, because um, this isn't going away. Um, this is the deal. I mean, for us Christians, we have to realize and understand and know that it's not a black versus white thing. It's not even an us versus police thing. Now, this is a dark versus light thing. The devil has been using the sin of racism prejudice, slavery, for centuries, um, to try to divide people, to try to keep us distracted. And he does it to try to stop the spread of the gospel. Uh, that's what we want Christians to see and understand. It's all about, all that's happening now within our country, all of the, the racism and the calls of racism, the claims of racism, the prejudice, the bigotry, politicians are using it to, to gain political power. The media is using it for ratings, for money, and it's all being used to stir us up, to try to divide us, to keep us separated. And Christians, we can't fall into this trap of, of um, falling for that because we then, if, if we're divided from people, if we're not united with people, if we don't have love for people, and they know we don't love them, then they're not going to listen to what we have to say. And our message is beyond unity. It's beyond peace. It's beyond racial reconciliation, those things are all important. We want those things. We want racial reconciliation. We want unity. We want peace. But more importantly for us Christians, it's important for us to acknowledge these issues because people are struggling with them and they're talking about them. And if we want to be the leaders in the conversation that should ultimately lead to us giving them Jesus, we have to engage. And, and so that's why we just think it's important. The devil's using this the sin of racism to try to stop the spread of the gospel. And Christians have to be ones that are engaging in conversation so that we can ultimately add value to our fellow men, to our, our brothers and sisters, so that we can eventually give them Jesus Christ. We're, we're not going to spread the gospel with people that we don't like or do, who don't like us. And that's, that's the trick that the devil's trying to play with us. So, so we have to acknowledge what's going on and address these issues. And we believe that Christians should be the ones that, that facilitate the conversation because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, and we know how to speak the language of love, and we know what the end should be. It's to be able to, to, to love people enough to spread the gospel to them. Good point. Love overrides all of this. 
And it uh, brings the races together for sure, because God created all of us. Absolutely. From the beginning of time, um, God chose Abraham and he said, hey, listen, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a great nation. And that blessing was to be a blessing to everyone. You know, God's redemptive purpose was to be was to come into the world through this through the covenant that he made with Abraham. Missio Dei, God had a plan to reconcile all people unto himself. And he started through Abraham, and it wasn't just supposed to stay there. It was for, for all people of all nations, black, white, brown, red. And we see that in the end, heaven's going to be populated with people of all races, races and all nations. And so we just can't be falling for the tricks that the devil has to play to try to divide us. Absolutely. So in your role at the seminary, what type of culture do you hope to cultivate in the student body that's both global and multicultural? Yeah. You know, I'm so thankful that the seminary, AGTS, and Evangel as a whole is aware um, that, that there is a race problem. They're not trying to put their heads in the sand. We're not trying to deny it or just hope that it doesn't, you know, come and infiltrate our area. And so what we're trying to do, and and especially at the seminary, we have people who are of all over from different races, different nations even, and we have missionaries who are sent out into all these nations, and they are very much aware of the race issues, of the cultural issues. And so we are trying to, to create the type of culture at the seminary at AGTS that that makes us aware of our differences and, and that it's okay that we're different. We don't try to hide them. We don't try to shy away from them. We want to celebrate our differences. That's, that's, where, that's what we're about. I mean, the differences, um, we're looking for unity, not uniformity. We don't want everybody to be one way, but, but our differences are beautiful. Heaven's going to be populated with all these differences, and we want to celebrate that. And that starts with being aware of it acknowledging it, educating ourselves on different cultures, different races, and coming together and conversing and having fellowship so that we can unite around our common call and our common cause, which is what Jesus gave us in Matthew 28, 19, to go and spread the gospel to all the world to make disciples. And so that's, that's what we're focusing on. That's the kind of culture that we want at the seminary. We want awareness. We want celebration. We want unity. So how can each of us, whether we're in a seminary environment or not, move forward in embracing Christ's call to action and service in a multicultural church? Man, that's a, that's a good one, you know, Chris. And, and I think I'm going to go back to what I said before. If we can learn to embrace each other, get to the point to where we celebrate our differences in the different cultures. And we, we have a book that we put out on my wife and I. It's called Let's Start Again. And in that book, I tell one of the stories of um, Thanksgiving, and I talk about the differences in Thanksgiving. Now, having been married to a white woman for 25 years, I've experienced that I've experienced some white Thanksgiving. Now, now I'm a black brother. I'm, I'm, I'm a brother man. We we do Thanksgiving differently than white people. And, and I tell the story about the first time I went to Thanksgiving at my wife's house. It was just different, you know, because white people, you guys traditionally have. Your, your turkey, your meat, you're going to do some turkey. It can be fried or it can be traditional. But a black Thanksgiving, you're going to have some turkey, some ham, some fried chicken, and you're probably going to get jiggy with it with some barbecue ribs. I mean, it's just oh, that's a lot better. We have. <laughs> 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 and, then, and then, Chris, when you look at the sides, you know, black people have your, we have like the, 
you know, the traditional, you know, mashed potatoes and gravy and the stuffing and, and corn on the cob or off the cob. But we are going to have some, we're going to have some greens, mm-hmm. we have some yams, and we got the real mac and cheese, none of that store-bought <laughs> stuff. I mean, you, you got, your aunt makes the real mac and cheese with seven different cheeses. Oh, amen. You know, and white people, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and black people, don't, we don't usually do this, but you white people know how to casserole. Mm. I, I didn't even know what a casserole was until I married a white lady. <laughs> Green bean casserole, cheese and broccoli rice casseroles, the gratin, and, and the whole thing is this. And and, and I joke and I, we play about it and we and we try to tease and have some fun with it. But we have to realize that neither one of those Thanksgivings are better than the other. They're just different, you know. And and there's love at each and every one of them. And 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 we're having fun and we're with family. That's how we have to become. Um, as the body of Christ and as the multicultural church, we have to realize that we all have our differences. I mean, can you imagine if the if the global church, and I say church with the big C, the body of Christ church, would look at and embrace the differences in our cultures, the things that each culture um, emphasizes or does better than the other cultures. One culture has wonderful rhythmic music that we can bring to the global church. Another culture has a, a big emphasis on theology and, and discipleship and, 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 you know, getting into the word and exegeting the word of God and studying it. Another culture emphasizes prayer and, and the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. Another culture has great expressions of joy and dancing. Can you imagine how wonderful the multicultural global church could be if we could bring all those together and celebrate? And, and and everybody bring their strengths together, but right now we're too segmented, and we need to break down those walls. It's it is it's sad that the ten o'clock hour on Sunday morning is the most segregated hour of the week. We all have to come together um, and and be the way that God intended, and and bring all of our strength. That's what heaven's going to be like. And so why not bring a little bit of that heaven to earth right now? Absolutely, that's what the kingdom of God is: bringing heaven to earth. Amen. Well, uh, you do have a book you mentioned there. Let's start again. How can people get that? You can you can find it on Amazon. Um, you can go to our website. I actually have a ministry website. It's alexbryant.org, alexbryant.org. And, um, and I'm so thankful at the seminary at AGTS and Evangel. They are providing a platform and an opportunity. We, we have a lot of students that are multicultural and and I love the way the leadership at Evangel is fusing these, you know, the ministry that we have, our own personal ministry, as well as the role that I'm able to do at the seminary and Evangel. And, you know, we all want the same goal, and that's to, to make sure that we are focusing on reconciliation. Reconciliation, according to the Word of God in 1 Corinthians 5, it's all about, you know, becoming ambassadors of reconciliation. We were, we were reconciled with Christ, and now we're called to be ambassadors of reconciliation. And that's really what our book is about. It's Let's Start Again, a biracial couple's view on race, racial ignorance, and racial insensitivity. My wife, Angela, and I wrote it, just came out this past year, and we're excited to share it with one. Excellent. Well, I imagine as campus pastor and student life coordinator, you have to address these issues from time to time, don't you? Yes, ma'am. And, you know, um, that's the key. We just can't shy away from it. We have to talk about it. The church has to lead the conversation. It's not always comfortable. Um, we all have to learn. We all have to, to seek first to understand before being understood. But if we don't lead these discussions, then the world will. 
and and when when the world leads, it doesn't usually lead to reconciliation. It leads to white guilt, white fragility, reparations, um, and those aren't things that, that that we're trying to push for. Reconciliation is about being reconciled with each other and ultimately reconciled with Christ, and that takes love, forgiveness, unity, and peace. Yes, thank you, Pastor Alex, for sharing not only your life, but your wisdom and your insights. And perhaps someday we'll have Angela on the show, too, and she can tell us all about your life together. (laughs) That would be wonderful. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for this opportunity. God bless you. Well, we appreciate you, and we thank you for being on Charisma Connection today. And Pastor Alex, what's that website that people can go to to learn about Evangel and about the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary? Yes, ma'am. You can go to evangel.edu. And um, you can access information about Evangel and the seminary there, AGTS. Okay, evangel.edu. And thank you listeners so much for tuning in today to Charisma Connection to hear what Pastor Alex Bryant had to say. I'm Chris Johnson, and I want to point you to the Charisma Podcast Network, where we have just a a growing number of shows, uh, 150, 180, something like that. Just go there and check out all the different new shows that we have, as well as Green Lines and Strang Report for some excellent interviews. That's cpnshows.com, cpnshows.com. And thanks for listening today. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. 